Now, what I need you to do right now is that, you know, all of the people who are a part of this covenant family that you usually see in church this morning, if you don't see them, you need to tag them. Be like, what's up? Come to church. Why? Because Pastor Ellen and I are teaching something that we believe is foundational for everything else that's ever been taught. And, and understand that what the enemy is trying to do in this season, I've talked to many other pastors about it as well, what the enemy is trying to do in this season is lull people to sleep. Yes. He wants people to, to get back in the habit of the things they did pre-pandemic. He doesn't like how strong believers became during that pandemic. He didn't like the isolation that he, what he thought was isolation really became a conduit for people to focus in and really learn to trust God. And what he's wanting is to create this environment where people feel like, okay, things are saved. The pandemic's pretty much over. I can get back to normal. I can go back to living my best life. And what happens is they begin to neglect the very thing that sustained them through the pandemic. Why? Because he wants to weaken their belief. That's all the enemy has. All he has is opportunity to present to us that we either take or reject that's going to cause our faith to be weakened. And in this season, that's what he's looking to do. Well, and, and listen, I just want to just for partners of Fellowship of Champions, we weren't just sustained in the pandemic. Oh, we flourished. We flourished in the pandemic. Absolutely. You don't want to go back to that old way of living. You don't want to go back to just going through the motions, treating church as optional, treating the word as optional. You don't want to do that because for Fellowship of Champions in 2020, we prospered anyway. Mm -hmm. How many of you prospered oh, anyway? Absolutely. We got jobs and better jobs. We got testimonies of supernatural healing, relationships flourish, people lost weight, got healthy, all kind of stuff mm -hmm. happened, soul shifted, all of that stuff. And we want to build and go from faith to faith and glory to glory. What you want to do, which is what I believe this teaching does, is that it breaks us out of the cycle of sometimes up, sometimes down. You know, I hate that. Cycle. I hate that. Cycle. I hate that cycle I because hate it. because it this we we've declared that this is a year of great progress. Yes, there is no progress when you go forward. 10 steps and go back 10 steps yes. or go forward 10 steps and go back 11 steps. That's not forward progress. We didn't say this is the year of repeat. We said this is oh, the, no, that's good. This is the this year is of not great the year of progress. We're supposed to be progressing. And so these cycles of, of sometimes up, sometimes down needs to be broken, but they only be, they're only broken through consistency. They're broken through consistency. They are broken through consistency. And you know this, we're going to pray, but you think about this. We know this even through managing your weight. You know, we'll, we'll get to the point where everybody's so diligent on what yeah. they eat. And then you'll be like, oh, my God, almost like it's a miracle that the weight is dropping yeah. off. Right. And then you'll get to a point where you have achieved where you want to be. And instead of getting stronger and fitter there, you go backwards. Yeah. And what we want to do is we this is the year. Everybody say great progress. Great and if you progress. can put it in all caps. Great so progress. what does that mean? We want you to make a decision. We are showing up here. Pastor Ralph is showing up on Wednesdays. The prayer team is showing up on Tuesday and Friday. We are here to help you grow. Yes. We are here to help you be equipped for every challenge life will throw with you, to be equipped to take every opportunity that God has set in front of you, to be equipped to minister the gospel, to be equipped to pray for people, to be equipped to live a life of total prosperity. Absolutely. But partners, we need your help. Yeah. You have to, we, we, you say it all the time. What do they have to do? You got to participate in your own 
rescue. You have to participate. You have to participate in your own If we rescue. throw you a rope, you got to grab it. You got to grab if it. If we throw you a life raft, you got to get in it. And I want to encourage you of this right here. You know, many of you came to us through the pandemic and you sent us messages and continue to send us messages about how you didn't under you didn't know how much you needed practical teaching. I want to say this to new and old partners alike. Don't despise repetitive teaching don't. and don't get so comfortable with the teaching that you miss what should take you to your next. Yeah. Because Pastor Edwin just told us we want to break these repeating. Why? Because the Bible says we should go from faith to faith mm -hmm. to glory to glory. Tell your neighbor, say there should be more glory on your life this year than last year. Absolutely. There should be more glory on your life this year than last year. And so we just want to say to you guys, listen, we need you to hunker down. We need you to get focused. We need you to be diligent and we need you to be a people who are not easily distracted. Mm -hmm. We need you to be a people who focus. And for those of you who have seen so much increase, man, don't let your increase become the reason that you neglect God. Don't let great. Don't let good become the enemy to your great. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't let don't let all the good stuff God has done become the enemy to stop you from receiving the great things he wants to do. Yes. Don't, 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 don't be so satisfied. You know, and Pastor <laughs> Raph talked a little bit about that on, on either this Wednesday or the Wednesday before. You cannot be so satisfied. Listen, we should be thankful. Thankful. We yes, should be Lord. thankful Thank you, Jesus. for everything that Jesus has done in our lives, for the things that God has done for us in 2020. 2021 and up until this point in 2022, we should be, we yes. should have a heart of gratitude. Yes, we should. But having a heart of gratitude does not mean that we can't look ahead to the things that the father wants to continue to do in our lives. And we, and we just have to make sure that we don't become our own worst enemy in doing that. Because you know what God wants to do? He wants your whole life to become a testimony of how good he is. Yes. He wants your entire life, your mental state, your relationships, your weight, your money, your career, your family. He wants your entire life to be a testimony of his goodness. Well, and think about it like this. People who you are in relationship with, people who you love, when it's an opportunity to give them a gift, every time you give them a gift, you want that gift to be a surprise. You want it to be something that wows them. Well, that's how the father is. He doesn't, he's not satisfied with what he did in 2020 with us. Oh, that's good. He's not satisfied in what he did in 2021 with us. He's not satisfied what he did in the first quarter. He's looking to wow us again. He's looking to, 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 to give us something that surprises us and that, that brings us joy again. And I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about he wants us to encounter him in such a way that we're like, wow, God, that's another part of you I didn't realize existed like that. Yes. He wants to wow us like that. And yes. so we got to get to the place where we don't despise repetitive teaching and that we are excited every time there's an opportunity to come and hear this word. Well, and I want to add this too. <clears throat> I want to say this. And Ralph, if you can, can you pull up um, Amos 9 in the message translation? Things are going to happen so fast your head is going to spin. I want y'all to know this. God is in a good mood. Yeah. God is in a good mood. He has never designed our life to be from crisis to crisis. 
That is not what he wants to for mm-hmm. us. He wants our life from goodness to goodness. Mm-hmm. He wants our life from increase to increase, mm-hmm. from blessing to blessing. Yeah. From that's why think about a promise God makes in Psalms 103. He says, "I will renew your youth as the eagles." Mm-hmm. God has so much goodness for us that he is saying to us that even when you're getting older, you should be getting stronger, mm-hmm. you should be getting better, you should be getting wiser. Think about how contradictory that is to the world's yes. message that when you get old that you're going to you go get slower that's not what the bible says the bible says, the bible says you're not supposed to get slower you said your mind's <laughs> supposed to get sharper your eyesight's supposed yep. to get better that skin's supposed right. to look better and if you don't know that which is why what we're teaching about today is so important if you don't know that you'll try to do that in your own strength right. but i want you to know this Several years ago, when the message or when when the message translation began to be popular, yeah. right? And um, and you know, and 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 they came out with this song, Tasha Cobbs, I'm getting ready to see something I've never seen before. And how many of you would testify that since that song came out, you have seen some oh, good absolutely. things that you've never absolutely. seen before? How many would testify? I need to see your hands up, I need to see your comments, I need to see your hearts, I need to see your you would testify. I have seen some things I have not seen before, oh. but I need need you to get this in your soul because your spirit understands oh, this. Yeah. He's not done. He's not done. He's not done. So I want to read this scripture and then Pastor Elwin is going to transition us into what we're talking about because we're still talking about living the resurrected life, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. It says yes indeed. It won't be long now. We're living long. there now. Mm-hmm. We're living there now. Things are going to happen so, so fast. fast. Your head will swim. Mm-hmm. One thing fast upon the heels of the other you won't be able to keep up now pause I want to say this I can remember in 2019 Yanika called me one day she said I was praying this morning and this is what the Lord told me she said the Lord told me to get ready for the fact that you and I won't know all the stuff that each other's doing anymore Mm. up until that point we knew when one of us got a speaking engagement we knew when one of us was doing a class and she said the Lord said we not go know. She said, we gonna have to talk and catch up and we still not go know it all, right? What's that? You won't be able to keep up. Mm-hmm. Everything will be happening at once. Everywhere you look, blessings. So I'm telling you, you got to start to have an expectation that everywhere you look that there are blessings. And if you look and it's not blessing, you got to start to prophesy to it that everywhere you look, it's blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. Mm -hmm. Say everything right. Come Mm -hmm. on, let's get that next verse. That's so good. They'll rebuild their ruined cities. That's us. That's a global mission. That's not just we'll have a great house. That's impacting cities. That's impacting communities. That's the scholarship fund. That's feeding people when they're hungry. We'll rebuild ruined (sighs) cities. We'll plant vineyards and drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables and I'll plant them plant them in their own land and they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them guys that last sentence is what you need to understand that sentence is what you can you God your God Mm -hmm. says so that sentence is the sentence you can use to stand against repeating cycles Mm -hmm. he says you won't be uprooted you're not going to keep getting it 
and losing it, going forward and going backward. God, your God says you will never be uprooted again. Now, what you got to get in your heart is that because of what Jesus has done, regardless of what is happening in the world, that you are the people that rebuild ruined cities. You are the people that plant vineyards and drink good wine. You are the people that work your gardens and eat fresh vegetables. And you are the people who have been planted by the Lord in your own land and you will never be uprooted again. All you can do, this is what somebody needs to get in their heart. All we can do is go up from here. Yeah, yeah. All we can do is go up. It's the only thing we'll accept is going up because he says you'll never be uprooted again. Cycles are being broken. Blessings are happening so fast. You're not going to be able to keep up with them. You're not going to know all the stuff your best friend doing, all the good stuff happening to her because it's going to be so much good stuff happening to her, so much good stuff happening to you. You ain't going to be able to tell it all. Testimony services with your friends, they're going to become hour-long conversations because it's so much good stuff happening. But you got to make a decision today. Right now, I come into agreement with this word. I'm not going back anymore. Yeah. I'm only moving forward. I'm only going up. And think about it. when he says, when he says, God, your God says so. What is God saying? Everything we just read. Yes. And one of the things we just read that I have always held on to these two scriptures here is when he says, everywhere you look, blessings. Everywhere you look. Blessings aren't things. Blessings and empowerment. Yes. He says, everywhere you look, there's going to be an empowerment. When other people look, they're going to see things that don't look like it can work out. He says, but everywhere you look, it's you're going to see opportunities. Opportunity. You're going to see an empowerment. You're going to see opportunities. You're going to see you're going to see new chances. He says, in fact, you're going to see them so fast. He said, they're going to come on the heels right after another. Empowerment after empowerment after empowerment after empowerment. That's in every area of your life. Why can I believe that? God, your, your God. God. Says so. That's In why fact, I believe that what God desires is to have so many opportunities come to us yeah. that we can't keep them all. Yeah. That we literally have to call and say, hey, Shantae, I can't keep this right now. Yeah. You take this right here. You run with this. You build this. You're empowered in this. Etoy, I'm going to give you this right here. Ralph, I'm going to give you this right here. I really believe that God wants us to be a conduit, that we allow him to empower us to such a degree that we start we start dispersing empowerment. I wish out. I could get 50 people who would declare I'm empowered. I'm empowered. I wish I would, they would. I wish it was 50 people who would write on this screen this morning. I am empowered. I am empowered. Wait, let me take my phone and go over here to the thing. Like this. <laughs> I am empowered. Because what does it mean to be empowered? It means that we are blessed. We are blessed. And that's what he says. He says, you're blessed. You're ready. And you win. And you win. It's only up from here, as you said. It's no, only up from here. And that's why the part of the prophecy that says what? Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't, don't panic. Don't be in panic and don't get out of love. Don't well, don't rush. Yeah, don't rush. And don't get, don't out, of get love. out of love. This is why this belongs to us. Yes. But we because you have to be convinced that no matter what gas price is hard, you got enough to fill your tank and somebody My else's. God. Did you hear what I said? Not just yours. You got to believe it's so much empowerment on you that no matter what the gas prices get, you can you can fill your tank and somebody else's tank. No matter what the food prices get, you can feed yourself and somebody else. You got to understand that no matter what trouble covers on the earth, you got peace for you and to minister peace yep. to somebody else. You have to believe that God has fully supplied yep. you. Listen, I don't. 
if you haven't shared this yet, you are you need this. to take a station break and share station this. Station break, <laughs> you need to take a station break. I need a station and, break so and, I can and, type and, I'm in and, power. And share this. You need to share it. Why? Because I'm telling you, one of the things we've decided with this message, we taught it last week, but we went back and literally it is what I studied last week. I, I restudied the message. Yes, I helped teach the message. Yes, me talked about it, but it was my personal study time because what I realized is that we don't need to rush through this because this idea of living a resurrected life is not just the Easter message. It is a message designed to get us to look at both the person and work of Christ so that we can mirror who he is because who he is is who we are. It's why we say as Jesus is, so are we in this world. We're mirroring him. And so uh, today's message really yeah, is just good. a continuation of that. We want to continue talking uh, through this uh, through this message that we have entitled "Living the Resurrected Life." This is part two of this, right? And, 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 and we and we're going to go through it. That's fine. We'll go through it uh, and 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 teach it because I think it's extremely important for us to understand why we 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 kind of staked our 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 roots in the ground in the book of Colossians. And we'll talk about that today. So if you want to pray and then we can introduce this and, and, and see how much we get, get through. All right. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. You are a good, good God. We are so thankful for everything you have done. Mostly we are thankful that you have restored our identity. We are co-buried and co-raised so we can co-reign with Christ. Now, Jesus, we thank you that you died on the cross and paid a penalty that we could never pay. We appreciate you for that because you were the first son of many sons. And we thank you for the Holy Ghost who shows us our true identity, shows us our sonship so that we can walk in it. Now, you said in your word that anytime we can see here, and understand that we shall be converted and we shall be healed. So we declare right now that our eyes are open to see, our ears are open to hear, and our hearts are open to receive, and we will never be the same today again because we are stepping into a new level of revelation of what it means to be complete in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So let's talk about this resurrected life. You know, uh, we started last week and we read in John 3, 16, and we'll start uh, there this morning. John 3, 16 is very familiar. We People know what it said. Even people who aren't believers know what it says. They see it at football games. But here's what it says. It's a really a, a, a profound uh, word, but yet it's so simple. It says, for God so loved the world, the cosmos, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, that means it, it's regardless to anything else. If you are a breathing whosoever, he says, if you believe in him, then you shall not perish and that you would have everlasting life. Yes. This was the message that the apostle Paul was trying to teach in almost every single one of his letters he wrote to the churches. Mm -hmm. Last week, we, we looked at his letter that he wrote to the, to the Colossians, and we, we looked at this particular letter he wrote to them. And I went back this week and was just like, okay, what was Paul trying to get across to them? What was he trying to uh, explain to them? And, 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 and you know, if you, you read it, you find out that uh, the, this particular letter has been attributed to both Paul and to Timothy. And it makes sense because you 
hear Timothy in his two letters that he's writing, uh, it, it sounds kind of similar. Uh, and what they're really saying is this. They're saying that, you know, hey, in the church, we have some 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 people who are teaching some things that are contrary to God's word. They sound good. They tickle the ear. And they kind of mix with some of what Jesus did, but mix with some other stuff. And what Paul was trying to get them to do is say, hey, listen, don't fall into the trap of those false teachers. You know, he said, don't 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 fall into this trap so that you end up finding yourself in error away from the faith. Uh, or the things you have been taught about Christ. And so in the book, in, in the epistle to the Colossians, Paul writes to them because he wants to address those problems. But more importantly, which is the piece I think we talked about last, last week, is that he's challenging those believers to examine their lives and to be transformed through their uh, love and knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. That's what he was trying to get to them. He was trying to get them to see the person of Christ, but also the work of Christ. And I thought last week, I just, I got really stared up last week as we were just walking, as you called it, walking through the scripture. Because as we were walking through the scripture, what we were getting to see is this is the person of Christ. And then what is the work that he did? And then what does, who, what is it about him that I need to know? Because in knowing that helps me know who I am. And then what do I need to know about this work that he's done? Because I now know how empowered I am. And so basically, you said last week, you didn't say it like this, but you kind of summarized that there were basically three major things, three major things that the book of Colossians was teaching us. The first thing was, is that all the fullness of God dwells in the preeminence, the superiority, the greatness and excellence of Christ. And we, we know that all the fullness, everything is contained in Christ. Now, before you do that, now, you think earlier this year, guys, we taught about the names of God. Mm -hmm. And we said to you guys then that every single characteristic of God revealed in the Old Testament mm -hmm. and everything that wasn't, yep. it is summarized in Christ. In Christ. All the fullness of all the fullness, all the fullness, of, fullness God of God dwells in the preeminence, in the superiority, Christ. the greatness, his greatness, and his in excellence in Christ. In Christ. Somebody mm -hmm. say, Thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. And, and, and then you said, or you showed us last week that the second part of that is that as believers, we should seek to know more of Christ in his fullness. Yes. That, that he is, he embodies the fullness of God. And that our job is to seek that. So we know that. So then we know who we are if we are in Christ. Well, and it's so interesting because the more I've studied Colossians, mm -hmm. I understand things like, have you ever like heard something that rubs you wrong and you don't know exactly why it rubs you wrong. And then you get revelation from the scripture about why it rubs you wrong. Now, sometimes as believers, we'll say this little thing and it's, it's being funny. We'll say like, um, um, sweet baby Jesus or baby Jesus in the manger or something like that. Except Jesus in the manger is not the fullness mm -hmm. of the Godhead body. And so it's like, oh, when I'm talking to sweet baby Jesus, these ways where we refer to him from his humanity, we actually miss the fullness of his divinity that changes our own life. Mm. You can go back. And then the, th the third thing, <laughs> the third thing is that believers are fully complete in Christ that believers are fully complete in Christ. And we talked about that, that how we, if Jesus is the fullness of God and that if our job is to seek to know him 
in that manner so then we know who we are in him then we must understand that if he is complete then we too are complete we are complete. That we are complete in christ so we can summarize all of those things by simply saying this jesus christ is our redeemer yes. praise god yes. he is the firstborn and the creator of all things and that we have been reconciled to god through the shedding of his, his blood, blood, his death and resurrection. Yes. And we're going to talk a little more today about how we were co-buried with him. And as a result, we have been co-resurrected. And then we'll talk about our new identities. So as we dig into this, guys, we really want to encourage you, you know, to sit in Colossians. To really, you could also go to Ephesians and you would find the same thing, right? You could go to Corinthians, you would find the same thing. You can see that Paul, we were saying this morning as we were getting dressed, that literally what Paul tells us in Ephesians, Paul tells us that he is a steward over the mystery of what Jesus did. Mm -hmm. That all of the prophets had prophesied that a Messiah was coming. Yeah. John told us to repent because the Messiah was coming. The Messiah showed up and did everything he said he was going to do. And then Paul was entrusted with making sure we fully understood what Jesus had done. And I believe that this, this word about being complete in him is so timely because I think that what happens is, is that if we think about all the things maybe we have learned about our relationship with Jesus, that it hasn't been a full revelation that we are complete in him. And you were even looking, you found scriptures outside of Colossians. You found a scripture in Ephesians, right? Where Paul really talks about this same thing. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, and the reality is, if you look at, which, which got me to thinking, because so, so last week after we taught this, I went back and I thought, well, okay, what is the theme that Paul was saying to the churches? We know that he wrote to the Romans. We know he wrote to the church of Thessalonica. We know he wrote to the Ephesians. We know he wrote uh, his epistle to, to Colossians. And, and, and what was he saying to all of them? And I started finding this thread. And the thread was, is they came to know Christ and then something happened or came to them to try to take them off of who they were. It tried to move them from who they really were. And Paul's letter, although although the semantics of it are different, the genesis is the same. You have to know the person of Christ and you have to know his work. That if you do those two things, then you recognize who you are and false doctrine can't move you. False doctrine can't move you. And so you were reading last week in Colossians uh, 1, 12 through 17. You go back there? Uh, and we can go back. Let's go back to Colossians 1, 12 through 17. Uh, and you read, you can read the first uh, two of those verses and then I can in, in, to show them what it said in Ephesians. Okay. So in Colossians 1, um, 12, again, we're using the mirror translation mm -hmm. and we encourage all of our partners to get a mirror translation of the Bible. You can get it on Kindle. You can get you a a book copy. I have both of them because it's so it's such a it's such an eye-opening version, right? That shows us a mirror of really who yeah. we are. Yeah. So in verse 12 in the mirror translation, it says, We are grateful to the Father yes. who qualified us to participate in the complete portion of the inheritance of the saints of life. Complete portion. Complete portion. 
portion. So what we're going after now, guys, this is not to say that the other stuff you've learned has been wrong. The right. other stuff has been, it's to say we want the complete, we want the fullness of everything Jesus did for us. We want the fullness of our identity. Then in verse 13, it says, he rescued us mm. from the dominion of darkness and relocated us into the kingdom where the love of his son ruled. That's so rich. He took us out of and brought us into. And I think if you really sit in verse 13, Pastor Edwin's going to probably jump in here as well, is to see that even though that's what Jesus did, that has not been fully recognized by most believers. Right, right. We don't fully understand. We are rescued from the dominion of darkness. What does that mean? I don't have to suffer under sin and oppression and the things that used to and belong to me. Sin. And the, resu the results I don't, of I don't, sin. I don't have to live there anymore right. because he rescued me and then he relocated me to the kingdom where his son rules. I believe in the King James, it says he translated me mm -hmm. out of darkness uh -huh. into the kingdom of, of his, his, dear, of son, his dear son, of yeah. his dear son. So what has happened is that many of us have accepted Jesus, but never understood that in accepting Jesus, we got rescued from the dominion of darkness. I so love this particular translation of that because it says he rescued us and relocated us into the kingdom, right? Where the love of his son rules. If you know anything about any kingdom, whatever the rules are, it's what governs everybody. Yes. It governs everything. Yes. If you go to if you go to if you go to North Korea, there are certain things you just simply cannot do in North Korea that you could do in South Korea. You can literally step across the demilitarized zone, be in South Korea. You could do something there that's okay, but step back across that demilitarized zone, do something in North Korea that could cause you to lose your life. You know, I'm, 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 I got to take a work trip. And the work trip that I'm getting ready to take, they are literally telling us, here are the things you can do in the country you're going to. Here are the things you can do. Here are the things you can do. Here's what you need to know. Why? Because every kingdom has its rule. Well, look, we've been taken out of the kingdom of darkness where sin and mischievousness and anger and murder and all of that stuff rules. We've been translated or we've been relocated into this kingdom where the only thing that governs everything is the love of Jesus. It's the love of God. It's, it's the love, it's, it's, the love it's, of God. It's the love of God. Amen. And so when, when you were reading that this week, I went back and I was looking and I was like, man, Paul has said this many times before. <laughs> and so we took a look at uh, Ephesians. In Ephesians 2, 1 and 2, it, here's what it says in, in, in this mirror translation. Now think about this, because we were all here. It says, picture. If you were born, you if you, here. If, you, if you've taken a breath today, <laughs> it says, picture where God found us. We know where he found us, because we just read it. Where did he find us? In that kingdom of, of darkness. darkness. It's his picture where God found us. We were in a death trap of an inferior lifestyle. We were, we were trapped inside uh, living a life that was inferior to what we were created. We were trapped there. I mean, we couldn't get out. Constantly living below the blueprint measure of our lives. That next verse says we were all part of a common pattern. Swept along 
under a powerful, invisible influence, a spirit energy that adopted us. We didn't ask, he just came and got us. That adopted us as sons, small s, as sons to its dictates. And how do we how do we get adopted through these dictates? Through what? Unbelief. Because we didn't know. We didn't know Christ and the person and the work of his glory. And so as a result, this spirit energy came and adopted us as sons. And, it, and as sons, we look like our father. And what did our father look like? He had dictates of the, of the flesh. And that's who we are through unbelief. He said, but, but, but now go back to what he said in Colossians. He said, now that's who y'all used to be. Praise God. Somebody, somebody will just go ahead and say, I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. I'm glad I'm not who I used to be. He said, that's who you used to be. But now he has rescued us. There it is. From the dominion of darkness and where we used to be subjugated to these dictates of the flesh because of who we were adopted by. He said, I came and got you and I relocated you to my kingdom. Now read verse 14. Go to verse 14 because <laughs> we want you to walk the scripture, right? It says in God's mind, mm -hmm. because now if in Ephesians, it tells us that we were adopted to sons through unbelief. Yep. It says, but in God's but mind, in because God's it's mind. showing you how God thinks God, about even you. When you were, uh, uh, even when you were over there in unbelief, in God's mind, what? Right. Even as a believer now who's struggling with something, this it says, this is what God says. In God's mind, mankind is associated in Christ. In his blood sacrifice, we were ransomed our redemption was secured and our sins were completely done away with. Now, I want to say this in verse 14. I think that when we look at this, we have been taught to see this as forgiveness and thank God for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. But just seeing it as forgiveness is incomplete. Yes, we are forgiven, but what has also been broken is that old adoption that makes me required to live to the dictate of that sin. I am free not to live a life of sin. Oh, absolutely. I'm free. Why? Because in God's mind, what the blood did was that it did not just cancel sin. It broke. Look, thank you, Holy Ghost. Jesus broke the control of sin. Mm -hmm. Sin has no right to control a born again believer because his blood sacrifice ransomed us. Our redemption was secured and our sin was done away with. Yeah, put that scripture back up for just a second if you can. That's Here, good. Here's the piece you get. Here's the picture that I get. It says in God's mind, mankind is associated in Christ. So even when I was in that kingdom of darkness, God never saw me there. Yes. He saw me in the mind of Christ, which is why the Bible says that he was reconciling us back to him. So even when we were in the kingdom of darkness, in God's mind, mankind, Edwin Strickland, was associated in Christ because Christ had died for my sins even before I had accepted him. So what God was doing was calling me back to this place that I would recognize who I am. In recognizing who I am, I would then accept Christ. As I accept Christ, then he gets to show me 
who exactly who I am in Christ. And now the thing that used to have me trapped, remember it says I was trapped. Was trapped. I'm no longer trapped anymore. So I'm not just a believer who is saved going to heaven. I'm a believer who no longer suffers from the dictator consequences of sin. I am not trapped anymore. I'm not trapped anymore. I am not trapped anymore. And I believe that this is so powerful because for years we've heard things like, I'm just a human. That ain't what scripture says. Scripture says you've been translated out of and into, which means that what used to control you no longer has power over you. It says before Jesus, you didn't have the power. The best you had was willpower. You would try and then you would fail. It says now in Jesus, baby, you got the victory. Why? Because it's not you. It's him that's in you and you are in him. It is him working to continually reveal to you who you really are. And you are not a sinner saved by grace. You are a son of God who has been delivered from the dictates of sin. And, and I think that is the thing. If I had to put a pin in it, that people sometimes don't understand about our church, we are not a sin conscious church. Yes. We're not a sin conscious church because Jesus already dealt with that. What we are is a church trying to make sure that we get reintroduced on a weekly, daily basis to who we are in Christ. We don't have time to be focused on the sin. Jesus did away with that. If I just recognize who I am, we talked about this the other week. I don't ever go through the week wondering, man, am I a smoker? I don't, ever, I don't ever ask myself, man, am I a smoker? You know why? Because I'm not a smoker. I'm not a smoker. I don't ever go to the store. I can go to a store every single day. You know the thing I never think about buying? Cigarettes. Cigarettes. Why? Because I don't smoke. I don't I don't smoke. I don't think about it. I don't even know how much a pack of cigarettes costs. You know why? Because I don't focus on it. The reason why you know everything about every scene and, 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 and what you did and, and, and how you messed up and how somebody else messed up and, and, and what if God don't approve it? Because you're sin conscious. And he's saying, listen, you can choose to be sin conscious or you can choose to be God conscious. But whatever you focus on is going to get magnified in your life. And so here's the thing, because I can hear it. People like, well, if we don't talk about sin, how do people stop sinning? Because if we tell you who you are, then what was on you comes off of you. If we tell, if you think about it like this, if we take a child who is behind in school yep. and we tell them that they are smart, that they can learn, that they are amazing, that they are brilliant. What will begin to happen? They're going to rise to that level. Of they are going to rise to that. We are not teaching you to live any kind of way. We are teaching you that when you know who you are, there is no desire to live any kind of We're way. We're teaching you to live like Christ. Live like now, you really you, are. Now, if you live like Christ and you find sin in it, fine. But we know that's not true because Christ didn't sin. Right. So if you live your life like Christ, you don't have to worry about the sin part of that. You, you worry about the sin part of that because you don't know who you are in Christ. You don't really know who you are. You really see yourself as a sinner saved by grace trying to make it to heaven. And that's such a low level inferior lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a low level inferior lifestyle. You got to focus on the idea that I am my father's son. Mm -hmm. You know, the truth of the matter is all of our kids, because they've, they've lived with us all of their lives, all of them, every single one of them do something like we do. And they can't help it because they have been patterned after their parents. 
Now they got some other influence to make them do some stuff that we would never do. But <laughs> but, but, but at the end of the day, there are some things they no, do like us. But though. why is that? Right. Because of what the influence they give their attention to. That's right. So if I give my attention to Christ and who I am in him, I'm going to become more like that. The research tells Ask us. Ask yourself that question. Who am I giving my attention to? Who am I giving Ask my attention to? Ask yourself that question. Put it in the chat. Who am I giving my attention to? I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, it's fine. Because it's such a powerful teaching. Because Leslie says, you're talk we're talking about the next level instead of sitting in what we already yes. know. Because what happens yes, is, Leslie. is that yes. you keep rehearsing how you messed up, not who you are. The more you rever rehearse how you messed up, the more you mess up. Yes. But if you rehearse who you are, the more you come into who you are. You know, they were, I was watching this thing the other day and it was, it was, it was interesting enough. You know, I love what is that time of year. I love watching track and field and they were showing this coach and he was coaching these kids uh, about how they, uh, how they get their start and how they need to, to put their foot in the ground and drive and, and not come up too early. And when he was teaching them, one of the things he says, he said a lot, they were asking him what was the difference. He said a lot of coaches correct kids on what they're doing wrong. He said, I focus on what they're doing right. And I keep telling them to practice that over and over and over. He said, the more things you do right, he said, you'll stop doing those things that are wrong. And I thought that's so good. The more we focus on who we are in Christ and living right, the less we'll do living wrong. That's so good because if you know that from this old nature, now we know that let, let's we, we even if we don't get through all these scriptures, because oh, we we're not moving through a, we're gonna keep teaching this. We know this. Research has told us that if your kids make all A's and a C, mm -hmm. what are you more likely to talk about? Most people most people focus on we're the C. gonna focus on the C. Yep. Instead, they made six A's and one C. And we're going to say something. Most people are going to say something like that. Well, you did real good on those A's. But what's I'm, really with that C? I'm really proud, I'm really proud of you for this. A's. But we don't have to work on this. We don't have to work on that C. Not realizing that we can give so much attention to the A's that the kid wants to make an A and begins to, to increase in that area. Now, I was thinking when you were talking, because my master's is in sports psychology. Mm -hmm. This week, somebody was taking their team to cheer um to one of the cheer nationals, okay, right? Okay. She reaches out to me and she says, my kids know this routine backwards and forwards, right? Yep. She says, but they keep being afraid they're going to mess up. Mm. What do they need they, to do? I goodness. took back old school, what we used to do with tape. The thing you need to do is an exercise called visualization. Yep. In the Bible, they call it meditation. meditation. I said, you need to have these babies lay down before every practice close their eyes and you walk them through the routine and have them see themselves do it perfectly. Yep. And they should do that because what research tells us is that once you understand how to do something with your physical body, mm. it is actually more powerful for you to practice it in your mind. Now, what does that mean? That means if I have been a person who has been known to go off on people, come on, I knew what then was what going. I need to do is I got to lay down, yeah, and I got to meditate on the fact that when they say this, I'm gonna respond like yep. Christ, yeah, 
And I got to get the right perspective of Christ. Yep. Because if not, then I'm going to say that man, that acting like Christ means I let somebody abuse me. But Christ never let nope. anybody abuse him. Nope. I'm going to start meditating because the reason you pop off is because you have meditated and visualized with the old dictates. Yep. And so you have said, if they say this, I'm going to say that. Mm -hmm. If they do this, we were talking about this. Listen, the little pop culture here. We was talking about which one of the babies is it? Is it love, little or duh? The one that keep getting in fights. Uh, duh baby. It's duh baby. <laughs> duh baby keeps duh. getting in fights. Duh baby. duh baby keeps getting in fights. I said to Edwin, we're coming back home yesterday and we're listening to the news report mm -hmm. about him having another fight. I said to Edwin, because I know this from Soul Shift, from my masters, from the work that I do. I said, I am telling you that boy fights on automatic. Yeah. He fights on automatic because no one has taught him how to interrupt that thinking feeling cycle. Here's the thing. In fact, you said he's probably fighting or hitting or doing something before he even recognizes that that's what he's oh, doing. Oh yeah, he done, he done slapped somebody before he even yeah. knew he slapped them. Yeah. The way he could fix that is to stop identifying as a fighter. Somebody need to tag the baby in there. Somebody need to tag the baby. <laughs> If he stopped identifying as a fighter, now what he would have to do is he would have to visualize mm -hmm. that every time something happened, he didn't have to throw hands. That he was he had to visualize himself being in control. He got to visualize himself yes. being in control. Yes. Now you may go, the baby need to do better. But what about us? Because what happens is we keep repeating these cycles because what we are typically visualizing <laughs> is how we've messed up. Mm -hmm. What we are typically visualizing is where we have come Which is to technically practicing. It's you're, practicing. You're technically practicing the wrong direction. You're practicing, which is why we hate when people say practice make perfect. Because no, it does Because, well, it does make perfect. It, it, it well, just makes true. him perfected and firing right. off that's on right. people, that's right? Right, right. So if you are a person who struggles with, let, let's use something real practical, because in one of the scriptures, it actually uses this. If you're a person who struggles with porn, mm. okay, what you have to do is well before, let, let, let's say you struggle to watch porn, you, your biggest struggle with porn is at night. Mm -hmm. Let's say that, okay? You got to visualize yourself closing the computer or not going to the site mm -hmm. well before it's 11 o'clock at night. Right, right. At 11 o'clock in the day, you got to close your eyes and see yourself. That yourself, your old self told your new self to watch porn and your new self said, we don't do that no more. Mm. And then your old self said, but you really want to do it because you know how good it feels. And your new self says, not as good as pleasing God. Right. And what happens is you start to meditate. I love what Nietzsche yeah, said that's because it. practice makes permanent. That's what it does. So the challenge for us is that we've been made new but we're practicing things from the old lifestyle. Mm. We're practicing things from the old kingdom. We've been translated out, which means we got to get some new practice strategies. Got to get some new practice. We got to get some new practice strategies. That's it. And so you have to begin to meditate. Now, here's what's going to happen because I want to walk you through. Maybe the first 50 times, because I want you to hear me. If you're 47 and you've been exposed to porn since you was 14, and you've been watching porn two, three times a week since you was 14. You cannot expect that you're going to do this. And in one time, right. you're going to be completely delivered right. from watching porn. Right. You have to keep meditating 
Keep meditating on the fact that you don't need that. That's not what God has called you to. You have been created more than that. And then even when you mess up, instead of saying, I guess I didn't get delivered, which is what most believers yeah. do when they mess up, you got to say, I'm new in Christ. This is not the real me. You have to begin to disassociate yes. bad behavior yes. from you. You got to say, that's not the real me. Why is it so important to say that's not the real me? The more I say to myself, that's not the real me, the more my new self gets stronger and my old self gets weaker. And I begin to identify as the person who doesn't watch porn as opposed to the person who needs to watch porn. Yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It makes that make sense. Okay. And the other thing I'd add to that is that at the same time, you know, there are practical things you can do using your example. If I struggle watching porn at night, then I need to set a timer that by nine o'clock, my computer's down, I don't open it back up again. I, I take my computer, I put it in another room. There are practical things you can do until you develop the fortitude to be able to do it. Because you can have great intentions, but great intentions don't always come to pass if we don't have plans and, and processes to help us out. And so when I talk to people about whether it's food, whether it's porn, whether it's lying, whatever it is, you know, if you always seem to lie when you're in a group of people, then when you're in a group of people, be quiet. Practice being <laughs> quiet. The practice not always trying to go up, up, one up somebody, but whatever it is, there has to be some practical steps that says this matches with my intent. If you don't have practical steps to match your intent, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Well, it makes a, it's a, it reminds me of a testimony somebody gave me this week. They said that when they first started tithing, they had to send their tithe every single time. Oh, the every money time came they got in. it. Yep. I remember every that. single yep. time the money came in, they could not say they were going to wait till Sunday. Because if they did, they spend it. They would spend it. Yep. And then she said, but now I am a tither. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to tithe. See, that's what you got to say. But she had some practical steps. But she has some practical steps. Yep. So whatever I'm trying to come out of, if I'm trying to come out of cussing, I got to meditate on not yep. cussing. I got to give people permission to be able to correct me and then not cuss them out for correcting me. I need practical steps that match my intent. That's right. And my intent should be to look like Jesus. Amen. Amen. My intent in every situation should be to look like Jesus. It is. All right. Now, do you want to go to verse 14? I mean, verse 15? You want to stay in Colossians 1 and 12? I, I, really, let's, can we just go to verse 17? Let's go to verse 17. In verse 17, okay. it says this. It says, he is the initiator of all things. Therefore, everything finds its relevance and its true pattern only, only in him. him. And so when we're talking about living this life and breaking these habits, you know, we, we, we've been delivered from it. But now we gotta yeah. we, we, we've been delivered out of it, but now we've gotta we gotta have a place to be able to know what why that where that matches. He says it matches right here. Christ is the initiator. Yes, <laughs> you are addicted to porn, he initiated your deliverance. You were initiated, you were addicted to food. He initiated your, your deliverance. deliverance. Come on. You, you, you had bad financial habits, but he initiated your deliverance from that. He says everything finds its relevance in its true pattern only in him. So he initiated, but now I got to look to him. 
I got to look to him to know what it looks like because I, I, I clearly don't know what it looks like because I've been living a different way. But now that he's initiated this thing in me, he started this thing in me. I got to look to him for the power and the strength and the wisdom to walk it out. That's so and, I, and, I, and I say that all the time because one of the most frustrating things to me when I talk to people is they say things like, well, I pray and the, and the Lord said he delivered me. He did deliver you, but you still have a responsibility to cause your life to match with that initiation. Yes. It's yes. like, and I think about the word initiation. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, in, a, in, a, in a Greek fraternity. Really? You're in a Greek sorority. Mm -hmm. Each one of those had whatever it was. It, yes. it, it's initiation process. But once you get initiated into the organization, really any organization, you don't know everything about the organization. You don't know what they told you to get initiated. How do you learn more? You spend time in that organization. You spend time around it. Well, God initiated this That's deliverance good, in me, but I got to spend more time in that deliverance to really know what it looks like. And who is the deliverance? It's him. He is full. He is the preeminent. He is superior. He is excellent. He is regal in all things. And if I look to him, That's good. if I look to him as my example, then I can live out my deliverance. Now, if you go back to at the very beginning of the message when we were talking about not repeating cycles, mm -hmm. this is just what we talk about, how we don't repeat cycles. Number one, we understand he already delivered me. Yes. So now when I'm practically walking it out, I am not trying to get delivered. No. I am agreeing with what's already been done. Did y'all hear that? Y'all need to write say, that down. Say, say it again. Right. Say it again. Say it again. Because okay. I'm not trying to get delivered. When I have been delivered. I have been. Somebody type in the comment section. We're gonna go, we're gonna take this nice and slow, like we was in a in a in a in a, in a high-level mad class. <laughs> or like when we at home with each other. Right, right. right. Take this real slow. I, I am. Delivered. I am delivered. I am delivered. Now, the actions I do, the discipline I employ, I do that because I am delivered, not because I'm trying to get delivered. I close my computer because I am delivered. Right. Not because I'm trying to get. No, I close my computer because I am delivered. My actions match my deliverance. I close my mouth because I am delivered. Not because I'm trying to get delivered. So then when something comes up and maybe I slip and I go back, I don't say, oh, I wasn't delivered. I say, no, that's not the real me. And that action didn't match my deliverance. And that action did not match my deliverance. And I believe one of the ways the enemy has tormented I'm telling you is that you have prayed and fasted, but because you did not know the practical aspects, you wonder if God didn't love you. Why didn't it work for me too? But I can assure you, even Paul, he has this great experience where Jesus manifests, shows himself to him. Even Paul, he may have initially stopped killing, um, um, orchestrating mm -hmm. the, the, the killing, killing of, of Christians, Christians yeah. but he still had to unlearn a lot of that teaching that he had learned. And so we have to unlearn it, but we have to do it because we believe we are delivered, not because we are trying to get delivered. Now, I want to go to Colossians 1, go to verse 21. You need and, to go somewhere. No, no, no. And as okay. you're doing that, you were talking about Paul. 
Paul understood it. It's why he wrote to the Roman church and he said to the Roman church, to the Roman church, he says, look, even when I would to do good, when I would to do the right thing, he said, sometimes I find myself doing that thing which I would not want to do. He said, but I realized it is no more me. It's that old sin nature that lies in me. Because what he never wanted to do was to agree that he was no longer who Christ said he was based off an action. That is what he's saying to them in Romans. He is saying, I am not that person. So I'm saying to you, you may find yourself, you may find yourself doing something that is not Christ-like. You need to immediately recognize that that action and behavior is not who you are. And because it's not who you are and you acknowledge it, then you realize that you are still delivered in Christ and you won't repeat that action anymore because it's not who you are. And you have to say, and then, and then once you realize that's not who you are, guess what? You don't do that stuff anymore. You don't do that stuff anymore. And what happens is, is that the more you program your brain, that's why Romans 12 puts all that emphasis on be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that now you can prove. Listen, think about it now. Now overlay that with what we're talking about. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove for yourself mm -hmm. the deliverance yeah. God yeah. has already given Absolutely. to you. So I want you to transform your thing. I've already delivered you. This is the Lord My saying God. to you. I've already mm. delivered you. Mm. Now I need you to transform your mind so that you can prove for yourself that good, perfect, and acceptable, acceptable deliverance yes. that I have already yes. made available yes. to you. Yes. Do you understand literally how we walk Romans yes. 12 now, yes. right? I'm already delivered. Now I bring my mind, I, I start asking myself questions like this. What would a delivered person mm. do? Mm. Mm. It, what would a delivered person do? What would a person free from fear do? What would a person free from anger do? What would a person who knew who Christ was do? And I don't keep saying, well, I do this because my mama. I do this because of how I raised up. I come out of agreement with my old self and come into agreement with my mm. new self. Is the scripture you no, want to read? Because I, mean, I want to. I was going to do Go this. right. You're good. Go. Let's go to Colossians 1. Is this making sense to you guys? Do you understand how? Because the reason we struggle so much with faith really is right here. It's your indifferent it's mindset. It's our indifferent mindset. It's the indifferent mindset. It alienated you from God into a lifestyle of annoyances, hardship, and labor. And it still does. And it still Anytime does. Anytime you have an indifferent mindset, what does it mean to be indifferent? You're not aligned to Christ. You're not aligned to Christ. Anytime you're not aligned to Christ, that mindset is going to alienate you from God. And in doing so, you're going to end up living a lifestyle of annoyances, hardships, and labor. Okay, so here's what I'm hearing. I can be a born again believer. Born again believer. Who's been completely delivered and completely set free. Completely delivered. I have been reset to my original design. Yep. But because I do not agree with God and think like God about finances, yep. I can struggle in my finances every day of my life. You're going to be annoyed. It's going to be hardships and labors in your finances. And it's not because God didn't it's deliver me. It's not because God didn't deliver you. You are delivered. I am delivered. If you are born again, you are delivered. If you are born again, you yes. are delivered. Yes. I am delivered. Yes. And he has what? Fully reconciled and restored. Him. He is restored. The missing piece is the end. Yes. That we are fully reconciled and restored. To what? Our original design. Our original design. So what happens is the way we've had this out of course, which the Holy Ghost is resetting for us, is we've spent so much time 
trying to become what we already are. Mm, mm. We have spent we have spent years in church trying to become what Jesus made us. So we spend all our time trying to become instead of living in who we are. Which is why let's look at verse 23. Let's go look at this is why he says in verse 23, he says, then remain under the influence of what your faith knows to be true about you. It's not like we don't know it. That's why we come to Christ in the first place. Because at some point you got convinced that, he, that, 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 that you needed him. And so he said that same faith that brought you to him, he says, remain under that influence, remain intoxicated. He says, remain intoxicated of what you know your faith knows to be true. Be firmly consolidated in the foundation of your belief so that nothing can distract you from the expectation of the gospel. What's the expectation of the gospel? Go back to real quick. Go back to verse 21. What's the expectation of the gospel? He says the expectation is that you get restored to what? Your original. That design. is your expectation. And let me tell you what what so clear as we're sitting mm -hmm. here. You want to know how the sons of God are going to manifest? When we recognize we're complete. Yes. The sons of God, you, you've been saying, how are we going to do greater works? How are we, when we recognize that we're mm -hmm, complete, mm -hmm. how are we going to break the back of this and break the back of that? When we recognize that yeah, we're complete, yeah. the battle is in our own mind. Are we fully going to embrace what Jesus has done? Or are we going to keep trying to become what he already made us? Amen. And as for me, I have decided to fully embrace. Now let's go ahead and go to Colossians 2. We might as well go to Colossians 2. But you got to read the verse 8 and 9 before that. And then we'll just do Colossians 8, 9, well, and 8. Okay. It's in, oh, so, so in Colossians. Because right there. Right. So, so in Colossians, uh, Colossians 2, 8 and 9. Uh, I think it's at the bottom of the banners. In Colossians 2, 8 and 9. We read 10 last week. But look at verse 8 and verse 9. Here's what it says. It says, make sure that you become no one's victim through empty philosophical intellectualism and meaningless speculations molded in traditions and repetitions according to mankind's cosmic, next verse, codes and superstitions and not consistent with Christ. It says in him all the fullness of deity resides in a human body. Don't miss this next part. He, Jesus, proves that human life is tailor-made for God. It said Jesus came and lived in a human body to show us that this vessel that we are in has been created and tailor-made for God. He said, he said I, I, I redeemed you back to the original plan. The original plan is that the body that you have was tailor made for God. Say, I'm tailor made for God. I am tailor made for God. I am tailor made for God. I'm tailor made for God. And what is going to happen as you walk in this truth? Because now you got to go to Colossians two yep. ten. In Colossians two ten, it says, "We are complete mm -hmm. in Him." Yes. Jesus mirrors our wholeness, 
and endorses our true identity. Now think about that. When he says endorses, so you you know, during the political season, they always have these messages and they say all these things about these wonderful people. And at the end of it, what do they say? I'm so and so and so and I do what? I endorse this message. I approve this message. I endorse this message. God is saying, this is what I'm saying about Sean. This is what I'm saying about Edwin. This is what I'm saying about Pop. This is what I'm saying about Pamela. This is what I'm saying about Don. This is what I'm saying about Etoy. This is what I'm saying about Chris. This is what I'm saying about Courtney. And I approve this message. And I approve this message. That they are who they are in Christ. Mama's saying you are who you are in Christ. And I approve this message. And let me tell y'all guys why this is so important. It says we are complete in Christ. Mm. Jesus, I want to change it up a little bit. Jesus is the mirror that shows our wholeness. Mm -hmm. Think about it like that. Jesus is the mirror that shows our wholeness. And Jesus shows us our true identity. Mm. Where are you looking for identity? Yeah. Yeah. Where are you looking for wholeness? If it ain't Jesus, it's the wrong spot. Because if I it's not you Jesus, if you are comparing old you to new you, if you are comparing 20-something you to 40-something you, your mama, your, your neighbors, the, the your, your whoever, Jesus, pull that back up. Because I, I want you to, because I believe if you would just meditate and ask the Holy Spirit just this one verse. If you would ask him to make this verse real to you, mm -hmm. everything else would shift. We often, if we tell the truth, we say, Jesus, we love you, mm -hmm. but we look to ourselves to see if we hold. Mm -hmm. We look to our feelings to see if we mm -hmm. hold. We look to everything to see that we are whole, except the Bible says we are not complete in ourselves. Mm -hmm. We are not complete in our therapy. Mm -hmm. We are not complete because we shout it. Mm -mm. We are not complete because we take a pill. We are complete, we are in, complete in, him. in him. So anytime I look at myself apart from him, I am going to see fragments. I'm going to come up lacking. I'm going every to, time. Every time. Every time. When I see myself apart from him, I'm going to see myself as fragmented. I am I'm complete. going to see myself as incomplete. He says, we are complete in him. Yeah. Jesus is the mirror that we look at to see our holiness. Amen. And Jesus endorses our true identity. He is, I am in us. And if you go back to the other verse, y'all don't have to go back. It says, because Jesus restored us yes. to our original, original design. design. Yep. And I just believe by the Holy Ghost. I believe that we are in a season where this word is going to become more and more We're going to keep walking this out. We're going to keep walking this out for the us. next few weeks because there's so there's so much more here. And when you start yeah. to lay out those other yeah. Pauline epistles, it begins to create this robust picture of what the New Testament is all about. It's about the person and the work of Christ. That's what it's about. And if we understand the person and the work of Christ and what he did to restore us and we can see ourselves in that. In I love how you say it. Jesus is the mirror. Jesus is the mirror. When I look in the mirror, I can see whatever's on me. So when I look at Jesus, that is what I ought to be seeing on me. That, that's the reflection I ought to see. And that's I love so it. Good. I Listen, love it. were you guys blessed by the word today? Maybe somebody said, I want to give my life to Jesus. You should, baby, because mm -hmm. so you can get the right mirror. Yeah. Because what you've been looking at is the wrong image. Maybe you've been walking away from God and you want to come back home today. Come home, yes. baby. Come home. come home. Listen, do you know that all really Jesus did can be summed up in this? He broke the separation between us and God. Yes. 
He is bringing us home. So those of us who have been home, we ought to be making it easy for everybody else to come home. We want you to come home. We want you to look in this mirror so you can remember who you really are. And I've been saying this for a while in Inner Circle, this, you know what's really happening. The Bible says in John, in 2 Corinthians 2 and 4, that the God of this world blinded their eyes, right? Mm -hmm. What's happening is that people are waking up from Mm. spiritual amnesia. Mm. And I declare in Jesus' name, wherever you still sleep, you didn't you use that scripture last week? Mm-hmm. It's high time it's for high us time. to awake. Yeah. Every place that you are still spiritually asleep, every place that you still have spiritual amnesia, that the echo of you being complete in Christ would begin to just resonate even through your cells, even through your bones, even through your organs, even so that when you're driving, that the reality of you being complete in him would become the biggest reality of your life and that as you get it you'll never let anybody talk you out of it you'll never let anybody take you backwards that you are i I need everybody it's 75 people on here i need everybody to type this in the comments i am complete in christ i am complete in christ i am complete in christ now if you want to be a partner of this great ministry this ministry greatest greatest pastor on the planet, greatest partners on the planet. Man, you want to be a part of this ministry. We will invite you to be a part of this ministry because we believe that God is using Fellowship of Champions as a prototype of the manifestation of sons and and daughters. Man, we are coming out of the place where we are going backwards. We are coming out of the place that we are going in circles. Why? Because we are complete in Christ. And the more we stand in that, the more we're going to become a light to the entire world. We are complete in Christ. Because the world needs to know that except in Jesus, it is so much more than just not going to hell. It is about getting your identity back, being welcomed back into the family so you can do the good works that Abba originally created you to do. Listen, now it's your opportunity to get. Did you want to do a scripture? I, no, I was just going to say that I was, I was, I thought about, you know, again, I'm just linking everything to Paul within these different churches. And what Paul says to the Romans in Romans chapter 13, verse 12 through thir- 12 through 14, I won't read it all, but in verse 14, what he says, he says, y'all put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh. Put that's, it on. that's what he said. Put, put ye on the Lord Jesus and don't make provisions to wear anything else. Just just wear Jesus. Just just wear Jesus. And in, and in doing so, you know I am completing him. I am complete in him. Yep. Now I just want you to take a second as we're giving our offering this morning, but I want you to take a second to think. All these things that you have felt had so much dominion over yeah. you. <clears throat> what would life look like for you if you just saw yourself as complete? Yep. If you just said by faith, I agree with God. Yeah. If you just made a decision today, then when you got a thought, Pastor Edwin and I have been saying for years that all the thoughts you think ain't yours. Yep. This, they don't belong to you. These scriptures show all this stuff that you is that you are thinking about your brokenness, about your barrenness, about how filthy and raggedy you are. It's not you. It's not the real you. What would happen in your life if you just said, I'm going to walk in completeness? Mm-hmm. Now, some of you may be thinking, man, listen, because you know what? 
I'm afraid that if I walked in completeness, I might live any kind of way. No, you don't know what no, completeness you don't know is. Completeness you don't know what completeness is. is. Mm -mm. Man, if you mm -mm. walk in completeness, you don't want to live any kind of way. You just want to stay in the mirror and reflect what you really call. It's like to say, you know, does, does grace abound so that sin can much more abound? God oh, forbid. God forbid. God forbid. Grace God didn't forbid. come so that we can live any kind of way. Grace came so we can live the right way. Grace came so we could get our identity back That's and right. walk in it, right? Grace is not a license to sin. Grace is a license to live like Christ. That's right. That's, That's right. good, y'all. That's right. All right. Listen, we so there are a couple announcements. Couple, so just bad. a couple, couple things. A couple things we need to remember, and that is, remember, we need all of our covenant partners to make sure that they go and register. If you haven't done that, you know, we, we say all the time, we don't know we go together if you don't tell us. We have a new uh, partner management system. All you have to do is go to our website, www.focchurch.com, scroll down and you'll see the partner registration link. Register yourself. If you've got kids and you say they, you know, they go to church when you go to church, register them. If your spouse says, yes, hey babe or, or, or sweetie, or, 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 or he say, hey honey, you want me to fill that out for you? Fill it out for your partner, whatever. But every person needs their own individual form. And then parents, if you haven't, please go and make sure that you sign your children up for Victory Zone. We put that link up in uh, the Fellowship of Champions Covenant uh, Partners page. It's on the regular Fellowship of Champions page. I put it in the Northwest Arkansas group. I put it in as many places as I could. Why do you want to sign your children up? Because our Victory Zone team is planning to do some really cool things for kids this year. One of the things we want to do by the end of April or 1st of May is everyone who had a birthday who registered, we want to make sure that they get their birthday gift sent to them. January birthdays, February birthdays, March birthdays, April birthdays. And then following that, each month, those kids are going to receive, those who have a birthday in that month, receive their birthday gift. They'll also be receiving cards. There's some uh, some some uh, paraphernalia we're working on giving them. When I say paraphernalia, I mean like graphic tees. <laughs> I do. I'd be careful about that word. Graphic tees, uh, water bottles, those kind of things. For FOC. For, for FOC for, with for Ignite. Victory for Victory Zone Ignite, those kind of things. So listen, you want to sign your kids up. Plus, kids like getting mail. They like getting mail with their name on it. And we need them to stay connected. But we need you to make sure that you sign them up to make sure that that happens. And just to be clear, many of you, you are in the covenant group, but you haven't filled out the form. Right. So you just, show up here every week. You show up here. So we need you to help us because you know what? We're completing Christ. Let's get this done this week. Yep. Let's get this done this week. So I'm going to be in the group. I'm going to be tagging people. If you've already filled it out, just tell me you filled it out. If you haven't filled it out, just go ahead and fill it. Let's get this taken care of. Let's not drag this on out. Right. And sign up your kids in victory zone. So your kid not sad when other people get a yeah. gift and you, they don't get a gift because kids don't like that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. And then what are, what are our other announcements? Uh, just a reminder about the huddle, Sunday, June 5th at 11 a.m. That's our next huddle time. Uh, that's in-person service. Uh, several people had asked, are we going to have in-person service before that? No. Uh, it is Sunday, <laughs> June 5th at 11 a.m. is the next time we'll have the in-person service. And so we encourage you to make plans to join us uh, for that time. And until then, look, keep tuning in.
because we're going to keep walking this particular word out for the next couple of weeks. It is. And so y'all know what you need to do. You know what you need to do on Monday. You need to come to strategies for success. You yep. know, on Tuesday, you need to come to prayer. You know, on Wednesday, you need to get your, your igniters to yep. ignite and you need to come to Bible study. You know, on Friday morning, you need to get up and you need to come to Champion Circle. And then on Sunday, you need to be back with Pastor Chris and Elder Valley at 9 a.m. Then you need to right, be right back here. You know what to do. 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 We just need you to do it. In fact, go ahead and type this. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I'll see you there. I'll see you there. Because remember, neighbor. we got some commitments that we're making. We say we made a commitment not to miss a service. We made a commitment to read our word more. We made a commitment to take communion often. We made a commitment to pray in the Holy Spirit at least an hour a day. Those are our four commitments. So don't forget those. So you guys are giving. And then I want you to do one last thing as we get ready to go out. Everybody put in the comments, those of you who are left, we want you to tell us what's your one big takeaway from today so we can go back and we can read it. We want y'all to have an amazing week. We want you to walk in your completeness in God. Practice walking in your completeness. This is your year Practice, of great progress. Because this is your year yes. of great progress. Yes. We love y'all. Have an amazing, amazing week. We declare that this is a week of supernatural breakthrough for you in every area of your life. You will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.